This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. Good morning, folks. Can we all get a great big good morning out there? Great to have all of you here today. Uh, You know, today, again, like we're we're trying all this new stuff, so I probably will drop this at some point in time, and you may giggle. It'll be be okay. Great again to have all you here today, and and welcome to New Church Live. So, So this weekend, you know, I wanted to do something on freedom, because it's it's 4th of July weekend. And it's interesting, this concept about freedom. And, and, and my hope is that we come through today's service and that by the end of the service, you have a sense of maybe holding freedom a little bit differently. Seeing that, yes, there's this beautiful part of political freedom, which is what we celebrate this weekend. And what I used to love when I was an American history teacher teaching about the 4th of July is it's, it's this beautiful expression of freedom. But the fact is our founding fathers had no clue where they were going. You don't see any kind of plan there. You just see this idea of, look, we just know that freedom's important and that it matters. And that is so true. Because freedom has all these beautiful spiritual components to it. So to, to get us kind of in that, in that spirit of being free, I'm going to show you probably the most famous movie clip on freedom, which is from Braveheart, to get us started here in the summer, because we got, you know, it's summer, it's the movies. We should be watching a little movie here. So take a look at this clip of Braveheart. Get yourself a little juiced around freedom as we take a look at this. A work in progress, as I said. fashionable fight it's drawn the finest people where is thy salute for presenting yourselves on this battlefield i give you thanks this is our army to join it you give homage i give homage to scotland and if this is your army why does it go we didn't come here to fight for them seven feet tall. Yes, I've heard. Kills men by the hundred. And if he were here, he'd consume the English with fireballs from his eyes and bolts of lightning from his arse. (laughs) I am William Wallace. And I see a whole army of my countrymen here in defiance of tyranny. You've come to fight as three men. And three men you are. 
What will you do without freedom? Will you fight? and you may die. Run, and you'll live. At least a while. I'm dying in your beds many years from now. Would you be willing to trade all the days from this day to that for one chance, just one chance, to come back here and tell our enemies that they may take our lives but they'll never take our freedom! That a good I, I feel like going out and playing a football game as soon as I watch that. It's it's a great clip. And, and you know, you have to ask, like, why why is that clip so moving? Like, what's what's the freedom part? And how does that speak deeply into our lives and, and, and really talk about something spiritual there? New church, we believe that freedom, here's something crazy: that freedom is is one of God's primary gifts to you. You are actually created out of God's freedom. You are a free will creation of God. That God is free, that that freedom is something that, that leads to, to these, these things called human beings, which are finited forms of God's love. And that's why freedom is so essential and so core to the, to the very, very basic soul of all humanity. And I, and I think we all know that. And I think we also know that, that freedom's kind of like it's, it's this mixed bag. Freedom when I was 15 years old. It's very different than freedom at 52. Freedom at 52 is a glass of wine and a good book. Freedom at 15, ah, that was just different. So I want to talk about that for a little bit, to talk about freedom. And I actually, again, like we're working with some different formats here and and, and thinking about in the summer. And I'd love to hear from you folks a couple of your thoughts about freedom. So the first question I want to look at here is tell me what you know about the kind of freedom that does not work. Think about the dark side freedom. What's, what's the kind of freedom for you that doesn't work? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to come out there in the audience. I'd ask you just to raise your hand if we'd have like three people say like, hey, this is the kind of freedom that doesn't work in my life and hasn't worked in my life that well. All right, then we're going to go to, well, what's the kind of freedom that has worked? I'm going to let all of you share a little bit about that. And then we're actually going to talk about a painting. So first off, how many of you would like to answer that question? Tell me what kind, what you know about the kind of freedom that does not work. You know, in other words, the dark side kind of freedom. So if somebody raised. Putting myself above the law. Great. So that kind of like anything that's above the law means, oh, that doesn't apply to me. Doesn't work terribly well. A lot of us have that, that doesn't really apply to me mentality. What's another one, folks? 
Freedom of speech when it's destructive. Freedom of speech when it's destructive. Now that's something as a 15-year-old, I was enamored with freedom of speech. <laughs> but as a 15-year-old, you can say some pretty cruel things, right? That actually aren't helpful in the long run, that actually are cruel and actually can damage other people. That's kind of a negative freedom. One more negative freedom. Um, the might makes right freedom or money or power, whoever has the most of that can do whatever they want and nobody else can do anything about it. Yeah. The, the, might, the might makes right. It's interesting. Abraham Lincoln had a great flip on it where he said actually right makes might. Marcus, you always have good stuff to say. Sorry. Uh, freedom of thought when you choose to think about things that don't serve you well. <laughs> can anybody say obsessions? You know, we, we can have freedom of thought, but it doesn't always work out that well for us. You know, it actually can be incredibly destructive. Now, the next question, taking a look, tell me what you know about the kind of freedom that does work. And for those Star Wars fans in here, I use the word the force. What's, what's the kind of freedom that does actually work? Freedom to love who you want to love. The freedom to love who you want to love. That, that freedom that, you know, love and freedom come together. And we're going to be talking about that. Like, it's, it's amazing the way those two come together. What's another one? Freedom to serve others. That freedom to serve others. And, and, and you know, you can find yourself almost totally lost in that kind of freedom. Can you pass that behind you? Freedom to let others uh, choose their own path. You are a parent, aren't you? <laughs> freedom, freedom to let others choose their own path. That's really hard. I have five kids, and I have five definitive ideas about the paths that they should take. And how well has that worked out? Take a guess. Take a guess. Take a guess. Not terribly well. And they've actually chosen even better than what I might have had them do. See, so there's, there's two kinds of freedom here. Now, now last week, last week I was, I was talking to Delana and Ann, and, and, uh, and, and they were talking, and I was like, oh, I just have all these thoughts, and she didn't know this was this week's sermon. I have all these thoughts, and I, I have this painting, and, and you, it's about freedom, and it's about how I found freedom, and I said, you're talking at church next week. <laughs> so, so she warmly volunteered to just, she's just going to offer a minute about this painting. I'm going to hold it up. She's going to explain it just for a minute, just to hear how she has found this really positive view about the kind of freedom that does work. So please give her a rousing ovation as she comes on forward. So this is freedom, and she was gifted to me. And it was just a fabulous gift. Someone painted her and another volunteer where I worked bought her for me and said, I want you to have freedom. She knew how much I loved it, and I had named her freedom. What freedom doesn't mean to me, now that I've sat and looked at her and journaled day after day, it no longer means trying to figure out this little human's way to do everything, which is, you know, I'm going to do it this way, and it's going to happen this way, and I'm going to set this down, it's going to work. No, this little human can't do it. And it's so relieving to me to have found the freedom to hand it to God and to say, here's my troubles, here's all my happiness, here's everything. Can you pull it all together and give it back to me in the right way? Because then it's not forced, 
It's not hard. It's peaceful. Every time it feels peaceful when freedom comes from God. So that's freedom to me. Thank you. That's about as good as a two-minute sermon as you will ever hear right there. Preach it, sister. That was good. That was spot on. Now, as the band comes out, I want you to just think again about what that, what that actually really means, like the, the beauty of that kind of freedom. Because to give you a quick quiz, again, like there's good freedom and bad freedom. I'm going to show you a New York Times, a New Yorker cartoon. You're going to tell me whether it's good or bad freedom. Guys, a bunch of fireworks. Who's drunk enough for fireworks? All the 15-year-olds, raise your hand. Is that good freedom or bad freedom? Please all say bad. Please all say bad. <laughs> Somebody said good. <laughs> that's the kind of freedom that gets us into trouble. But the kind of freedom that Ann talked about, that's the freedom that brings us life. That's the freedom that God offers That's the freedom, listen to this, whose image and likeness you're made in. Think about that. So so this idea of freedom, now I'm going to do, you know, on occasion I like to kind of take a theological deep dive and kind of like, yeah, let's kind of pull this apart a little bit and maybe kind of think of it, try to raise our understanding a little bit to think of it in a different way. And to do that, I ask you to think about this picture. New church, what we believe is God creates us out of freedom. So that's kind of that triangle and God kind of creates us out of freedom and he brings us into this life, which is that plane here. And then he always keeps us in balance between these two things, between the forces of light, the forces of dark, between heaven and hell, whatever word you might want to use, between shadow and light, awake and asleep. He always keeps us kind of in this beautiful balance. Now, there's a number of of things that are so significant about that. First off, I want to say what it isn't. I think for a lot of people, and this is where I can kind of get confused too, I can can get into this belief of, of freedom that can lead to something called foreboding joy. Now, what that means is that it can mean like, look, life is going really, really well. I know God is putting a whole bunch of rocks over there to the right. And life's going so well, I am just waiting for the, you're going to complete the sense here. I am just waiting for the other, let's say that together. You did that well. For the other, for the other shoe to drop. That's foreboding. How much, how much fun does that make fun? You know, if you have something really good, you're like, oh, God's setting me up. You know, we're sure something bad's coming. All guilty, please raise your hand. That's foreboding joy. That's not what this is talking about. This is talking about God always keeps us in this balance between light and dark. It's called liminal space or bright darkness. There's something pretty cool for you. And that's actually why we're conscious. We're conscious because I'm always in that freedom to like look at things this way or look at things this way, to pull lessons here or to pull lessons here. And most of the time, folks, Most of the time, I'm pulling from both. I'm pulling from both. I'm doing a a wedding coming up, and I want to talk about sort of God's idea of good, and we've mentioned this here before. God's idea of good is is the Hebrew word tov, which means good. It doesn't mean perfect. Means good is in their seasons. And I think that's again where it's, it's like it's pulling this together in this very, very unique way where there's, where there's this balance. 
And through that, we can have compassion. Through that, we can understand other people. Folks, if, if you only had, like, if it was up to me, if God ran by my rules, I would only have experiences over on the right. That would make me useless. Because what could I offer other people? You know, I'd have nothing there that was sympathetic, nothing there that was compassionate. And the opposite is true too. Like if my life was all just a bunch of black rocks, I'd have very little to offer other people as well. So again, we're, we're, we're searching for that balance, that, that place in the middle. It's why there's that beautiful Bible passage where Christ says, look, God sends his rain, his rain to fall on the just and the unjust. And that's something about the inside of our brain. Like, like God is just nourishing us. And we're going to, of course, have both and, both light and dark in our lives. And that balance is how it's intended to be. It's how God wants things to run. So I want to give you a a set of just real quick readings here. And and with these readings, I think these readings are really beautiful. And I kind of built this sermon a little differently. I was reading through New Church Theology. And Emmanuel Swinburne wrote a lot of it. Those of you who aren't aware, Emmanuel Swinburne is to us what Martin Luther is to a Lutheran. And Emmanuel Swinburne said, look, these are passages that talk about how closely we are connected to God's freedom. So take a look at these different passages and the beauty within them. Readings on God with us in freedom. On that day, you'll realize that I am in my Father and you are in me and I'm in you. This beautiful oneness prayer that's all about these connections, connections. You know, God saying, hey, there, there's me and there's God and there's you and it's all connected and we're all kind of flowing together. Remain in me as I also remain in you. Beautiful line. And the next slide, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Now there, that's not about faith healing there. That, that's, that's about, I mean, I think, I think it's the ultimate freedom. And you've heard me say this before, but the ultimate freedom comes down to me to just a very simple prayer that God always answers. God is not going to necessarily answer your prayer with, dear Lord, let this be the week I win the lottery. But he does answer prayers. And one that he always answers. If I'm really feeling sort of like shackled in, like I forget who said it, but somebody talking about our opinions of other people, you know, we get shackled in by our stories we talk about. If I'm really feeling kind of collapsed in because I've told huge amounts of stories about other people, usually the people I love most in the world, which is super crazy. But I, but I get into those stories and I'm starting to feel that constrict and it takes away my freedom. The simple prayer, and again, you've heard me say this before, but it's such a beautiful prayer. It's always answered. God, give me your eyes to see this. God, just for a minute, give me your eyes to see this. We'll always the answer. I mean, that's what Ann was talking about. Like seeing it the way God sees it, which is a very, very different kind of freedom. It's, and something that really can add so much into our lives. As we reach, as we reach folks, that balance point. And I don't know whether this is true or not. Can I try an experiment with you folks? Please say yes. All right. So it's just stand up if you can. If you just want to stay seated. That's fine. So I'm curious, I'm curious. So, so what I want you to do 
So I want you to close your eyes for a minute. I get to keep my eyes open, just so you know. And point to where you feel your balance. Where do you feel your balance? Where do you feel your balance? Right where I thought. So, great, great. So folks, people feel their balance. Like, look where people around you are feeling their balance. They're feeling it like right here in the middle part, and it's, it's kind of the heart and the gut, like right in there. Isn't that interesting? Where, I don't see anybody out there pointing up here. Right? You know, like, oh, I feel balanced all the time in my head. I intellectually have it figured out. No, we just, we feel balance in here. It's a gut feeling. It's a heart feeling. Thank you. Maybe seated. That idea of balance being part of our heart, part of this, this alignment right down the middle. I think that gets to this next idea. Manifesting that God-given gift, that place where we are truly free. This is a very different view of freedom. It's, you know, we were talking before, before the service, a little video, and, and I think so much of us, like, we really think freedom is freedom of choice. In other words, if I have 10 choices and you have five, I'm more free than you are. But I don't think that's really it. I, I, I know people with very few choices, for example, who have tremendous freedom in their life. I know people with a lot of choices who have tremendous freedom in their life, but it's a different kind of choice, right? It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. That's, it's different when we start to shift that from like, okay, how do I make as many choices? How do I get as many choices in my life? To, no, real freedom is about me manifesting my gift. My gift. That God has given each one of you a gift. And your job is actually to manifest that gift. See if this makes sense. And I, I want to come back to it again later in a later sermon because I was just thinking about it last night. I think some people believe God is kind of this transactional being. And that my job is to somehow earn God's love, like to do the exact right thing so God will love me. So however that looks for you, you know, I got to do X, Y, and Z, and that could be X, Y, and Z in church, or X, Y, and Z here, or X, Y, and Z there. You know, I have to do all these things, and somehow then I'll, then God will look at me and go, good boy. That's very different perspective. Please listen carefully. This is how I best understand new church perspective. The perspective of God saying, I love you. What are you going to do with it? I love you. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with that love? What are you going to do with that gift? Very different way of manifesting the gift. I want to show you a video now that is about somebody learning to manifest a gift. A gift that in some ways they thought they had lost, but that again, God breathed into and gave them a whole new perspective of it. Take a look at this message on a gift. Okay, Mandy, so I think I've worked this out. So you're deaf? Yes, I, I lost all my hearing when I was 18 years old. Wow, and how old are you now? Uh, 29, so it's 10 years. Wow. And Mandy, how did you lose your hearing, if you don't mind me asking? I have a connective tissue disorder, so basically I got sick and my nerves deteriorated. 
Growing up, the only thing I wanted to do was sing. I ended up going to school for vocal music education so that I, I could have that be my life. When I was in college, I thought I had an ear infection and it just got worse and worse. And by Christmas, I was borderline legally deaf in both ears. There was one day where the teacher was going to play the piano and I had to chart out everything that he was playing. And I had my pencil ready and everybody else's pencils start moving and I'm just waiting for the test to start. And then one by one, every person just got up and left the room. And I just, I didn't hear enough to, to even start the test. That was the last day I was a part of music program. That was a bad day. <laughs> we were sitting in the car together to come home. She said, Dad, I can't remember what your voice sounds like anymore. At that moment, you knew that um, things would never be the same. Everything that I had ever wanted was just going away, and I couldn't stop it. The music is alive inside of her. The only question was, what could she do with it now? My dad suggested that we play a song. I said, well, that's crazy. But I had a guitar tuner, and I hummed my starting note and just went for it. Music now isn't about the sound, it's about the feeling. I'm excited, I'm nervous, I'm scared, so I'm just trying to... <laughs> it's not the dream that I always had. That's okay, because I showed up, and I did something I never believed I could do. So, you were singing before you lost your hearing? Yeah, I've been singing since I was four. So I, I left music after I lost my hearing and then uh, figured out how to get back into singing with muscle memory, using visual tuners and trusting my pitch. So your shoes are off because you're feeling the vibration. Is that how you're following the music? Yeah, I'm feeling the tempo, the, the beat uh, through the floor. And Mandy, what are you going to sing? I'm going to uh, sing a song that I wrote called Try. Okay, can you tell me what it's about? After I lost my hearing, I gave up. But I want to do more with my life than just give up. So. Good for you. Good for you. Okay, well, look, this is your moment, and good luck. Uh, okay.
dozen times, and I cry every time I hear try. Folks, that's freedom. That's freedom. That's the freedom God intends. That's the freedom you were created into. That's the freedom that is the core of every single beautiful soul joining us for worship right now. Every one of you has that freedom inside, that gift to manifest. And that's what God's endeavor is. That's what God's desire is. And our job is just this simple word. Could we all say this? Acceptance. Can we just accept the gift? I think that that's one of the most difficult freedoms to make, actually. And it it sounds crazy, right? Like, well, of course we accept our gift. No, you don't. Very few of us do. We, We get so worried and concerned, and we may know what that gift is, but we're not at a point where we're really ready to look at it squarely and accept the gift. Now, part of that accepting that gift is accepting the circumstances we are in. Did she have to accept the fact that she was deaf? Did she have to accept that? Yes, obviously. She had to accept that. Like, okay, I'm deaf. I can't hear anymore. What choices can I make now in this place? If she had stayed up here unable to accept, unable to accept that she was deaf, she never would have been able to make the choice that led to that. So acceptance places us into freedom. Even when it looks like what we're accepting is actually limiting our freedom. But if we really accept it and can make choices from there, the world opens. Very different view of freedom. A very different way to live. And a different call for what we can be one to another. We're with our loved ones, our family, our friends, our church, this church, where we're really out to support each other in manifesting our gifts as best we can, blessed, broken, and shared in ways that are humbling, in ways that are beautiful, in ways that are painful, that support, that acceptance, and that beauty, and that beauty, and that beauty. And God saw all that he had made. The heavens, the earth, light, dark. And it was very good. Amen. The way we're going to close today's service is I'm going to offer a prayer. Then whoever answers this right gets free water ice. Can you name the song we're going to close with? Who can name it? Try. (laughs) We're going to close with her song. So please, again, join us. Join us for the last song. Sing it with a lot of robustness. And then please join us as well for some Rita's and a little celebratory toast right after church. So please join me in a prayer. Lord, thank you for your presence here today. And Lord, help us to try to try as best we can to manifest our gifts as you have given them to us. To humbly do so. With the spirit of service and the freedom that comes from serving, allow that to color that manifestation. 
with courage, Lord, to step in to the image and likeness that you have printed on our very souls, Lord, and to find you in each other in that process. Try. Help us this week, this 4th of July week, to try. Amen. listening you can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv 